You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the show, JL. It's a pleasure to, see, to you. see you. Brother. Thank you very much for being here in beautiful, sunny Miami. Miami, it's probably 75 degrees. Uh, back home where you are is, how was the uh, It was a uh, seven degree wind chill when I left. That's disturbing. Yes. <laughs> seven, not, not 70. Seven. Missing the zero. What? Yeah, my, I, I went to pick my son up from kindergarten and uh, with the COVID procedure, you can't go in. And he decided he was going to play for about 15 minutes. So I stand outside the door in seven degree weather. It was, uh, I love the kid. He's amazing. But I was, I was, I was starting to get a little frustrated. I thought my fingers were freezing. That's ridiculous. I'm sick of that being from the Boston area. It's absolutely numbing. Um, so JL's in town. He's going to be teaching our body architects and instructors today. Um, he's been so kind to do it. He, he's taught before here with RPR, which is which wonderful. Maybe we'll get into some of that later. Um, but JL has a long history of training, competing, teaching, and let, just take us through a, a quick timeline of, of your history. JL has been on the show before, but uh, I think every, all the new listeners need to hear about uh, JL's journey. Yeah. So, uh, you know, number one, just thanks. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, having me come in to talk to your team, as you know, you know, educating and, and helping not just move the, the field forward, but move humanity forward. I mean, that that's that's a big purpose of mine is, is to make an impact in the world. And for me, I think be, that's my mission because, you know, I grew up uh, just a different way of growing up. Right. I mean, we moved, I think, 10 or 11 times before my freshman year of high school. And, and I went to a different school in sixth, seventh, eighth, uh, or sorry, seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. I went to different schools and, you know, it was, it was just a lot of challenges growing up. And, uh, you know, as I went into college, I played college football and, uh, played at Ferris state university, which is a division two school mm -hmm. in Michigan and, uh, played there, uh, ended up transferring. I, I blew my knee out my freshman year skiing and, uh, I, I, you know, I, I got bigger, stronger, faster coming back than I ever was before. And mm -hmm. really just interested me in the science of training. And, you know, so I, the trainer at, at Ferris, his name is Dave Lucy, started giving me books on, you know, really, I, I'd read magazines and I'd been training since I was 15 years old. And, you know, I was a late bloomer. I mean, uh, my freshman year of high school, I was, you know, 140 pounds and my sophomore year I was 180 pounds and my senior year I was 195. And then by my freshman year of college, I was 225. I just, you know, I just was late to puberty, late mm -hmm. to develop and lifting played such a huge role. And, and for me, I, you know, that was basically my escape from everything else going on in the world. And, you know, to me, what I still love about the weight room is, you know, the weights don't lie, right? Gravity doesn't change. 45 pounds is 45 pounds every day. True. And True. for me growing up, there, there was not any consistency in, in what, you know, that environment was. Mm -hmm. And so the, the weight room provided consistency for me. Right. And so, you know, loved it. And when I got bigger, stronger, faster, I said, I want to be a strength conditioning coach and mm -hmm. I want to help other people do this and I knew how much it helped me and impacted my life and you know so it, it just it became you know this is what I want to do so I had to transfer schools to get my degree in exercise science had a minor in nutrition then from there I went on to the University of Kentucky where I was a strength conditioning coach there mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I discovered powerlifting uh, did my first uh, powerlifting meet and there's a gym uh, called Westside Barbell in Columbus Ohio oh, which yeah. yeah I know you're familiar with some of your listeners may not be but uh, if there's a actual there's a documentary on Netflix called Westside versus the world mm -hmm. about about Westside Barbell and in, in the documentary is an old clip of me writing my name on the record board for my 775 pound bench press. And, uh, you know, so had a nice career. I had the fourth highest total in the world all time in 2004. Uh, my best numbers in powerlifting, of course, were the 775 bench, uh, 804 pound deadlift and uh, 905 pound squat. And those were my best full meet totals. Incredible. 
And uh, in 2004, uh, in training, I was going, I was doing an 1100 pound squat and herniated L5S1. And it, it, it was debilitating on a lot of levels. It, yes, it was a horrible injury. And I mean, I can remember, you know, at night waking up, needing to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't get out of bed because I was in so much pain. And so I had to crawl to the bathroom and crawl in the bathtub and let it go, man. And, uh, you know, it, it was bad. And, and honestly, the physical part of that injury was nothing compared to the mental part. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was up to that point, man, I was writing articles out. I was all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in muscle and family. I was everywhere. Right. And, uh, in the, I might as well have been in prison for six years and, and really mm -hmm. mentally I was in just really deep depression. And then, uh, I started the spot athletics. Uh, my, it's a private training facility that I started in Columbus, Ohio and uh started that man and it really just gave me purpose again and it gave me something to really focus my energies on and spot was moving along and i was was had really what i, I wanted to do is i wanted to get back on the platform and power lift again mm -hmm. and so traveled around just an insane amount learning everything i could and, and i say this all the time that if i had not had that injury and gone through the depression all the things that right. i went through i would not be anywhere close to as good of the strength coach or person I am today. Be because at that point, you know, I, I was one of the best, strongest people in the history of the world. I mean, I was it's crazy. Let's just, you know, and we've had conversations. I was, I, I don't know if there's any other way to say it, but I, I was a huge asshole. I mean, there, there's just no other way to say it. You kind of have to be. You talked about that before, and I hate saying it like that, but you kind of have to be to go in like that, man. It's a dark place. Yeah, I mean, I, I called it caveman mentality. Oh, there, was, there was guys who used to come to Westside Bar, and I, I would hear these stories years later, mm -hmm. and they, they would demand, you know, jails. And my, my roommate at Westside Barbell, he, he took a trip, motorcycle trip, and he was out in South Dakota, and he had, he had a Westside Barbell shirt on, and someone would say, oh, I went there and visited. My roommate said, oh, well, you, you obviously have to know JL. And right. I was like, that guy's a dick. And apparently I was squatting, you know, whatever, it was a thousand pounds on the bar or whatever. And I was going to squat the bar where, where the weight was set up. And apparently this guy was standing in basically in my path. Right, right. And so apparently I just grabbed him, threw him to the ground out of the way. And it was funny because my roommate's telling me the story and I would bet you a million dollars it never happened. I have right. zero recollection of, of that ever happening. And so... You know, I went from that place to one of those all-time strongest people in the world, and I'm chucking grown men out of my way at will, and uh, then I can't actually put my underwear on or even get up out of bed to go to the bathroom. And Humbling. That, it, it, it's, it, it is. I, I think that was, you know, for me, I'm so grateful to have gone through that experience. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't want to go through it again. Uh, <laughs> but so grateful to have gone through that experience. And then from there basically you know started the spot athletics that was growing really doing well with that and i had learned so much i was able to start powerlifting again and uh in 2014 i won a world championship in, in deadlift and after that i really said okay you know i was best in the world i'm i'm back to world champion and and then my focus went to the spot athletics and i'm mm -hmm. growing my business and right. you know we've been able to grow you know since then from you know 2014 we had a small 2000 square foot facility inside of a large uh, comp sports complex okay. and now we have uh two 20,000 square foot private training facilities wow. in columbus so yeah thank you yeah awesome. we, we've really grown that and uh you know it's interesting because my whole goal was to keep growing that keep growing that and then uh about five years ago uh, i learned uh, of this system it's a it's basically a system of breath and body work and i went and learned it it, it literally was life-changing and, and you and i have discussed this in the past but i mean at that point i had done a lot of growth but i still i i just didn't know anything about emotions and i was just a very angry angry person i was always in that uh survival state right if if someone looked at me funny i punched him in the face and mm. you know, i have a great story about a hot dog i purchased one time that ended up costing me forty thousand dollars uh that that's a story for another day <laughs> but uh and so these pieces you know were there and i was such in that survival mode and when i learned this system which you know later i've said come down here and taught reflexive performance reset. And, and the cool part with RPR is that it is a self-applied system. 
about mm. breath and body work. So you can do everything yourself. So I'm doing this every day. And, and honestly, I was doing it because my I didn't want my body to hurt, right? Mm. I've, I've had, I don't know, 13 or 14 surgeries on, on different things for, from, you know, different body parts and from injuries. Yeah. And I mean, to give you, you know, to give the listeners a glimpse into how I was, uh, I was going to compete to see who has the strongest grip strength in the world at the Arnold on the uh, Arnold main stage for the Arnold uh, Fitness Classic, which is you know brings about two hundred fifty thousand people into Columbus, Ohio. So, main stage, huge competition. It's huge event. Strong, yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge event. event. So, main stage event, good prize money for for strength sport. Yeah. And uh, the week before, on Monday, the competition's on on Saturday. The week before. I came out of the spot athletics and someone had parked and they were blocking me in by about six inches and I couldn't get out where I was mentally at the time. And, and again, this was six years ago. So before I found RPR and, and made those changes mm-hmm. and my immediate reaction was, oh, I'm going to pick the car up and move it, which is, which is not a good reaction by the way. Uh, and I learned that lesson because as soon as the tires came off the ground, my right bicep ripped off and just, Goodness. And I mean, it just, it rolled right up my arm oh. and, and, uh, immediately I got my cell phone out. I called my doctor and I said, just tore my bicep off. Can I still compete Saturday? So that's telling in itself. The, like, the, that's so telling. That, that's where my mindset was. Oof. And it, it's important to have the right doctor because his response to me was, are you sure it's torn off? I said, definitely. I said, well, yeah, you can't tear it any worse. Wow. And so uh, I competed in that event and, uh, you know, just, just gutted through it and uh, obviously didn't do very well because for grip strength, you kind of need a bicep. Oh, yeah. So that, that's where I was mentally, man. And then, uh, you know, over the last five years, it, it's, it's been a journey. And you and I met, I believe, four years ago now. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know we, I told you when I met you. And, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> this is a legendary story. We're at, we're at dinner. And we're having a, a very open sharing uh, session in jail. He tells me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember the other day, I, I looked at you right now and I said, you know, man, I, I love who you are. You know, I said, <laughs> I said, I'm having, it's a great time. And I said, but truth be told, I would have hated you two years ago mm-hmm. and wanted to punch you in the face. Yeah. And then I looked right back at him and said, I know what you mean. And that was like, I was like, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be friends for a while. We're going to be friends for a while. So, yeah. So the last, uh, you know, really the last four years has been building RPR and growing that and, and making an impact because you know, it's made such a significant impact in my life from how I parent to how I manage my staff to really how I do everything in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, uh, I mean, I think before I, you know, I was in that survival mode all the time and what doing RPRV day for me was, you know, it puts us into performance mode mm-hmm. and, and just puts you into that place where you can ex- see more of the world, except not be so angry. And, you know, it allows you to make much better decisions. And, you know, the, the way I'll put it is, it, you know, a, a, a drowning person is in the highest state of survival. And so they, they all of a sudden someone who could swim, if they're drowning and they forget how to swim they're, they'll pull their most, you know, loved one in the world down with them. And, and wow. that's how I was living that's every powerful. day. That, that's how I was living every day. That's powerful. Really. You said in survival mode, angry. And, and then like, I, I think at most times, you know, they're not even aware of their behavior. They just, that is who they are. They're, it's who they are. No, I think, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, this happens and, and I'm sure you've had this happen where someone comes in to anatomy and they've been in pain for so long, they don't know what it is to live without that pain. So they've just accepted as that is life. And then they get out of pain and they go, oh my God, I felt awful. And they didn't even realize how awful they felt. You know, and, and I'll tell you a great example that, that everyone listening can relate to is I just got uh, my prescription for my glasses redone. And, you know, I didn't think there was an issue. I thought my glass, you know, how, how are you seeing? Great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got my new prescription for my glasses and all of a sudden, holy cow, I couldn't see anything. And, and that's really how I was living. I mean, I didn't think... I, I thought abs- so. Here's literally how I thought, and, and I've, I've I've punched a lot of people in the face, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of how that hot dog cost me so much. <laughs> uh, and uh, so 
I thought nothing. What I thought is, is people were being, and I want to say this in the right way. People were being, and I don't know how to say it, but they were being obnoxious, rude, aggressive Mm -hmm. towards me. And so what I would do is I was bigger, stronger, and, and I was athletic. I wrestled. I, you yeah. know, second in the state. I mean, I, right. I could also throw hands too. Right, right. And so, oh, since it's big and strong, I was kind of skilled too. Right, right. And, Which is dangerous. And so, when people would be aggressive and rude and all of these things to me, I looked at it like, why are you being like this to me? And and I would solve the problem by making them unconscious. Mm-hmm. And I really, at the time, thought that you know, hey, that's instant karma. What I've realized is that that is the energy I was bringing to the world. And so those people were merely matching the energy I was bringing. And so when I was looking at them at that point in my life, I thought it was all them. What I've realized now is it was all me. And this is one of the things we teach in our PR. It's one, two, three. One is you. Mm-hmm. Two is your friends and family. Three is everyone else in the world. And, and that's an arbitrary, it's, it's a hard concept to wrap it around. But the way I think about it is if all of your peace and uh, all of your confidence in life comes from yourself, mm-hmm. it's like standing on a rock. And no matter what anybody does to you, they can't move you off that rock because it's solid because it all comes from within you. Right. You know, and it, 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 obviously it's the, you know, Very well said. it's the Victor Frankl piece, right? Oh, Where, yeah. you know, they can do anything to my body, but I won't let them take my mind. Right. Because he, it was all within him. And, and so that's the extreme, obviously, yeah. you know, being in Auschwitz and all yeah. that. But so the way I look at that is, you know, if you're on that rock, man, people can't even move you. Well, friends and family, that's like gaining your stability from sand. And so, Sand is kind of stable. If you need it to stabilize for short bursts, okay. But every time you take a step, it kind of moves. The wind shifts the dunes all the time. Water can wash it away. That's for sure. And it's just not that stable. But for short bursts, it can work. The worst place to gain your stability from is everyone else in the world. And you see it today. That's like gaining your stability from water. Well, if you're gaining your stability from water, you're treading water all the time. So it just takes a tiny little wave and all of a sudden you're drowning. And my whole life, I was gaining my stability from water and I was drowning because, right. because the energy I was bringing to the world was making a lot of waves. It was making a lot of waves. And so the crazy part is, right, is that when you look at that and I think about it like that, you really have to take it further because if you have just a rock and it's just you and it's barren, no one, that's not cool. No one wants to live on a rock, right? You can't. However, if you have that solid rock and then you surround it with sand, friends and family, and then you have the rest of the world outside, all of a sudden now you have this gorgeous island everyone wants to live on. I get it. And the thing is, is the more you set that rock and grow it, the more people want to be a part of that and move to your island. And you attract the people, the energy that you put out. And more people want to come to your island. That's how influence is built. Mm And the thing that I realized, and, and the reason I wouldn't have liked you so much, and, and I'd actually, it's funny, we've never talked about this, I just actually realized this right now, because I was drowning be, before at that point, right? right? Probably at that point, I, I definitely wasn't on a rock, but I, but yeah. I, was, I was at least maybe on some sand. Okay. Uh, but I'd made that progress, I'd got out of that drowning mode every day. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I said I wouldn't have liked you because inherently I just felt it and I knew it. I, I went back to that old pattern and in my head, I just started thinking, you know, back to some old ways, right? This is this is a while ago. And what I've realized since then, and, and kind of as we're talking, is that if so, if you're drowning and, and you're in that water and you're drowning and you see somebody standing up on a rock, mm-hmm. how angry are you that they're just standing there and you're drowning? Because the person on the rock can't save you. Mm-hmm. The, the only way you can save you is getting out of the water. But the thing is, when you're stuck in that water, you don't understand that. And you're looking at that person wondering why they're not saving you and you're pissed at that person. And so when you're in that place, you don't, people that are on that rock and they're comedy, you want, you are angry at those people and you You don't prefer them to be in the water with you. Exactly. And so what happens, and this is the interesting part is you do something and that person, if they're not on a big enough rock, they do get in the water with you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but you bring them down to your level, right? And that's what we talk about, not going down to someone's level. It's that not, not bringing them out to the water is how I think about it. So interesting. So very well said. What a great perspective and way to, to lay things out so people can just get a better understanding of, you know, where they come from. Um, and I went to, I, I think we talked about it briefly on the phone, but that Vipassana retreat. Yep. That was like me getting out of that water. Yeah, really, that's really awesome. was. It really was. I mean, I was going through some. And, and by the way, by all accounts, like no one would have known it. Like right. the only people that would have known it was probably my business partners, right. but and my wife, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I could hold it together, but I was really like something didn't go right. I would get so frustrated, so angry, and I would just fly off the handle. And if I wasn't on my schedule, I was just I was going crazy, and I was like, "Gotta get this done. This is so important." But to the point where it was such a fault that, as you as we said before, um, one thing didn't go my way, jail it would get me out of my whole pattern. I was in darkness for like a day. It's that wave, right? If you're in that water, that wave can do that. They get, you know, I, I obviously, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time with you today, but just we we talk on a regular basis, and I know, man, you're on that rock. Those waves, the waves can crash on the rock. Rock don't move. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then me going through that vipassana was kind of a way. I, I tell everyone this so anyone who has an interest or questions but I say look it's 10 days it was a retreat by the way the retreat is free because it's uh, the law of life what they believe they put out in the world they get back so people donate millions of dollars to this thing to keep it going all over the world 10 days no talking no cell phone uh, no email no music no books no writing no nothing no eye contact when was the last time you got 9 hours sleep every night completely rested, no talking, no cell, uh, disconnecting for 10 days? The answer is never. Yeah. Never. So there's so much clarity that goes on there. And you walk out going, that was an issue. I fucked up there. I screwed this up. This was a mistake. And you're like, how do I fix this? By, And I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but just chilling out. Uh, putting some of my time to meditation and changing from, as you said, I understand the reason that I excelled at football right. had nothing to do with strength because I was strong. I wasn't, I wasn't half of what you could do. I wasn't, I was, I was okay. Speed, nothing special. There's a lot of guys faster. There's probably a lot of guys faster than <laughs> the work in anatomy. But the point is I had such a high level of aggression that was completely unmatched that that carried me at every level yeah. and they were like Dude, i don't know where that comes from but that's going to take you there and it's not good well you know? I, here's how i look at that you know because i've thought about this you know ad nauseum because uh that's what right when when i went into lift at westside barbara right i wanted to destroy the weights everyone in there i mean it is, and I call it the caveman mentality is, is the way I looked at it was, you know, you, you know, if you're bench pressing and you're holding 800 pounds over your face, there's no time to be scared because because you, you're it's over at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And that anger was so high. And, and the way I look at that is there's there's two ways to fuel things is the way I see it. Fueling by anger is rocket fuel. Now, rocket fuel gets a lot of stuff done. A lot of stuff done. Mm -hmm. Anger, hate, it's rocket fuel. The, the thing about rocket fuel is, is eventually it explodes. And the other way to fuel is by love. Love is not going to get things done as quickly as the rocket fuel. Right. However, the love, the energy that comes from it is eternal and never ending. So when we look at that long term, yes, maybe in a week, it's not going to be as good, right? You look at our staffs. If you scream and use hate and I'm going to fire you and this and that, it will get stuff done quickly. Oh, yeah. However, that person won't work for you very long. No way. And so it's been in, in my staff. I mean, they've they've obviously seen the transition, the, the folks that have been with me. And, you know, I went one of our. Uh, a kid came to us and, and we have an, uh, we, CDP. It's our coach development program. It's an unpaid internship, okay. but we don't call it an internship because to me, 
it's not about being an intern. By the, by the end of our coach development program, you should be a good coach. Right. And, and you should be able to coach sessions. And, and I don't want my clients looking at you, oh, you're an intern. Because, right. because there is a negative connotation of that as 100%. if you don't know what you're doing. And to me, if, if we spend you know 12 weeks with you and I, I can't put you into, you're not going to be a world-class coach at this time. Right. But you are going to be a very good coach. And so we had a kid go through our CDP, I don't know seven eight years it was a while ago and uh and this year in august the spot athletics will it'll be our 10-year anniversary this august so so pretty Congrats, cool thank you cool. yeah it's it, uh, yeah pretty 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 proud huge. of that one and uh you know and i always say it's just by luck we haven't you know all the mistakes i've made it's, it's lucky we haven't gone out of business uh I, you gotta understand the difference between luck and skill and i had no skill in the beginning but i got some lucky breaks yeah and uh it takes that it, do, it does that. no it does, it, it does. people work very hard and very smart in business acumen and all of a sudden they're out of business it's not because they made bad moves and luck. we're smarter it's yeah. there's luck involved man. there is and and i think you know what happened was, you know, there was a lot of luck because because I had so much passion and knowledge. I think a lot of people put up with a lot of the, my behaviors mm -hmm. and, and some people didn't, but a lot of people did because they're like, oh, my God, I can learn so much here. And, and so I just need to put up with the anger with all of these pieces. And so the, the kid interns for us and I, he, he did a great job and he works part time for us as he's going to school. And, you know, I got him an internship uh, and he does the internship. And so I was going to an NFL team where he's now a strength coach at an NFL team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went out there to teach RPR uh, to, to the strength coaches and uh, we went out to dinner afterwards. And it was funny because after dinner, he called uh, my director of performance and uh, just said, what the hell happened to JL? He's a, he, he's a different human being. And so it's so interesting because, you know, my director of performance, we, uh, we, we were working on this project for a year. It took us a year. This, it was a huge project. And, you know, it wasn't, it, it was, okay, let's get this. It wasn't something we had to have done in a day, but it was this big, long-term, you know, pie-in-the-sky project we were working on. And we finished it after a year. We went out to uh, to have a drink and dinner and celebrate. And we were sitting at dinner and uh, in an afternoon, we were having drinks and just talking. And, you know, we started talking just about the changes he's seen in his time there. And it was really interesting because about two years ago, uh, and you talk about going to the retreat and having a breakthrough. I was I was doing some really deep work about two years ago and uh, spent four days going through some some really deep work. And I got out of that. And for the first time in my life, I understood my story of why I did a lot of what I did and what had happened. And it was the first time. It, it, was, it was an amazing experience because, like you said, you know, oh, this is why I did that. I mean, it, it was basically I I had facts. Of, of different pieces that happened, but I didn't understand the context. Mm -hmm. and, and information without context is, is a little bit useless. And so I understood it, and what I did was I called an all-staff meeting. And I brought everybody together, and uh, I said, and I mean, I'm, it, it's hard not to get emotional about it right now. So I said, guys, I, I, I know why I've been the way I've did for the first time in my life. I, I understand my story. And I want to share it with you. And so, I mean, I was crying. I mean, it was like, you can tell, like, uh, it, yeah, it, it's still really emotional. It's heavy. And so, Gilly's my, my direct performance. He said that going into that meeting, his mindset was, jail's super smart. If I can just tolerate this for another year or two, I can learn so much and move on to 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 do something great at the right. next thing. Right. He said that that meeting got over. Mm -hmm. He said, when I walked into the meeting, he knew something was different. So the meeting got over. He went out to his truck. He called his parents and said, the spot athletics is where I'm going to be the rest of my life. This is what I want to be a part of. Wow. So that, that just you making a shift, the massive, which is by the way, is probably the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Number one, to to acknowledge it, to dare to want to change it, and then 
share it with other people because you right. could know you're going through it. Right, right. But you didn't have to have that meeting. No. You didn't have to have that meeting, but you having that meeting showed to other people that you, how much you care and how much you want to be better. And people want to be around people who want to be better. But not with freaking training. That's like such a small oh, piece God, of it's, life. It's, it's so, nauseating. Yeah. It's so It's small. one hour of your day. One hour. It's how you are in the other 23 that matters. It's how you treat people that matters. I mean, that's... Thank you. That, that's everything. And you know what's interesting is is my, my mom, I remember saying this, and, and this was in college, so just after high school. And, and she said something to me one time, and honestly, not till I had gone through all this, had I, had I really... It was funny. I don't know. One day it popped into my head, and she said, you know, everybody says, if you're Jail's friend... He will, he can't, he'll love you. He'll kill anybody who hurts you, literally. If you are his enemy, you, you can't, you, you have, it, like, he will kill you. And so extreme, right? It's, it has to be, it, it has to be. And that's, I live, I was living so extreme. And, you know, I think that for me, I care, and we talked about this earlier, I care so deeply. I, I'm an all in person. And, and you're an all-in person. Yeah. We, we just started. That's why I said this yeah. is this is why right away I'm, I, I thought, man, this is somebody that I connected with right away because I can't be around people who aren't all-in. I, I, I appreciate it. I respect course, it. I have to surround my people who know what it is to be all-in. And so when I invest in someone, I invest all-in. The issue was that, and, and okay, so it's funny, Gilly and I talked about this other story, and this is the best. Your intent does not come through if your behaviors speak louder than your intent. I have to stop you. That was so powerful what you just said, but like you said, if they don't care, but they, they have to, <laughs> they have to want to like, what, what about people who say, I don't care. I don't give a shit how I, how I affect anyone. Like, I don't care. Fuck that, that's their problem. Hey, well, again, I think, I think people who are there, they are, in the water, they're drowning. And the reason they don't care is because they're drowning. The only thing they can care about is staying above water. Survival mode. Survival mode. And so if you're in survival mode, you, you don't care about anyone else. See, this is the piece that I've really learned at a deep level since really diving into, you know, reflexive performance reset and, and be activated is where RPR comes from. It's this philosophy and it's this work. And what I've realized is that, and this is, it's interesting. I hear what people say, but I listen to what their body tells me because the body never lies. They, they don't, they're not aware of it. Not aware of yeah, it. Yeah. And so when people are talking and they say things like, I don't care, if you really just look at them and look in their eyes and see it, you, you will see sadness. You will, you will see pieces. They're telling you, you can't, they care. They just try to mask it. Because they're drowning. And, right. and when you're drowning, you sure as shit don't want to save. You, you, can, you don't have the capacity to save somebody else if you're drowning. And, and so to me, that person, when I first started this journey, I used to be, oh, I was like you, you know, F that, you can't be like this. And, and I would almost get angry at that person for being like that because all of a sudden I understood, you know, a different, a different mindset. And again, it's part of being on the journey, right? I had taken one step on the journey mm -hmm. and because I, I care so deeply, right? I want this person to take that yeah, step, yeah, yeah, right? And, yeah, yeah. and so, right, but you can't make someone start a journey that, right? And no, so no. what I, now, when I come across someone like that, I understand what's going on with them. And, and now I have empathy for that person, right? And, and so at that point, it's okay. I'm, I'm not saying my rock's huge, but at this point I've got a pretty solid rock going. And I've got a tremendously better relationship with my family, that sand, right? Surrounded with that rock. Mm -hmm. I mean, until I started doing this work, man, I, it was eight years I didn't talk to my mom. Oof. My, my mom was not, uh, my grandma passed away and, uh, I hugged my mom at my grandma's funeral. We both said, I love you. And we did not speak for eight years. Well, she wasn't there when my son was born. She wasn't at my wedding. And so doing this work got me to a place where now I was on that rock so I could surround it with sand because no matter what the sand, how it blows, what it does, 
doesn't move me off the rock. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're in that place, your relationships get much deeper because how that person is, you can stop and go, okay, they don't care. They're, They're saying they don't care about someone. I know that that means inherently they're not in a good place. So instead of being angry at them, right. But it also comes down to, you know, your capacity because again, right. I, I, I care deeply about you. If I hear you say something about that, it's worth my time to, to dive real deep into that and talk. Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot, but you have to make a conscious decision as to how much you want to emotionally invest. And, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, no matter how big their rock is, there's a finite amount of space for people on that rock. And, and I've made certain conscious decisions about who I allow on that rock. Mm-hmm. Because the piece is, is, you know, if you allow, right, if you allow someone who's negative or even, even if you go to borrow and, and you work to help someone who's drowning, what I've realized is that you can't. If they don't want to grow and change, no matter how much time you invest emotionally, physically, all of those pieces, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you've heard me say that time is our only unrenewable resource okay. that we should care about in life. Yeah. And so for me, being down here, spending time with you, that is a hundred percent of value, right? And to me, you have to value that time. And so you only have enough time to, to spend around people. So ensure, you know, yes, if there's someone in your life and, and you care deeply about them and you see that, then, then it is worth that time, maybe. Right. But you have to draw that line in the sand. Yeah. You, you yeah. have to draw that line of, do I want to spend my time helping this person? Where And, and obviously, right, if they're family, that, that, yeah. that, that capacity to spend right. on that gets much deeper because right. they're blood, right? And, you know, if they're friends, it's not maybe quite as, quite as much. Right. And right. I mean, there's definitely, as I've grown, uh, I, I can tell you, I mean, there are definitely, you know, people in it at, that were friends before how I was and, and I'm, I'm not going to, but someone just told me the other day, they, they know some people that we used to train with at Westside mm-hmm. and basically they, they were around them and they were basically saying, you know, basically, oh, jail, he's this, this, you know, because they know who I was. And, right, and that's right. still where they're at. Now, there's other people that, that have moved and, and you know, we, right. it's, it's great. But I think that's the, the biggest lesson I've learned. Because as I started on this journey, I wanted other people to take the journey. Yeah, I hear you. And I was spending so much time and energy working to get other people to take this journey. And what I realized was I need to. So every second I spend. Helping someone who doesn't want to be on the journey is a second I'm not spending someone who does. Say that again. Every second that I spend trying to help someone who doesn't want to go on that journey and grow is a second I'm not spending someone who does. Thank you. I heard you the first time. I just wanted you to say it again for our, for the listeners and for everyone. That is That sums up basically my last six months to a year. I just had to make decisions where I was like, man, I... You have to draw a line and say, like, if you want to behave a certain way, I, look, there's nothing wrong with that. I just can't have you here. I can't have you close to me because not only something's deep to my heart is I can probably take it because I'm, that's the personality type I have. I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to give love to the people who are hardest to love. I'm going to do, I'm just going to keep going in because you said before you get to know to go in and I go in and I go in and go in. But then at a certain point when I'm doing everything I can and I see a toxic or negative behavior disrupting so many people, I'm, I'm listening to this book Surrounded by Idiots. At this point, it, maybe it's not everyone else's behavior maybe it's that person's behavior and if they're not in that place jail to want to take that step i'm not going to spend more time on it and i'm not going to let you detract from others if you're not the addition you're the subtraction i can't allow it i'm not that person like when i was a kid my strength came from being bullied and then going back after bullies i'm not gonna let anyone else emotionally verbally or be abusive in a bully manner never and if that person doesn't want to take the trip how do you make those decisions 
how do you make those decisions? If they don't want to acknowledge or understand the behavior and their energy and their subtraction is a huge detriment to the environment, how do you handle someone like that? After years. Yeah. No, I, I know. And, and we've talked. I've gone through this. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, it started with this. Until I started on this journey in, in, in doing you know, the work. And, and for people to understand when I say the work, there's different ways to do work, right? You can do meditation, which is what it is really. And, and I think at an essence, and there's a lot of ways to go about it. I mean, mm. psychedelics are, are becoming very popular yeah. as, a, as a way to do right. it, you know, and in legitimate, you know, people call that a journey, but there's other ways to journey. And the way I look at it is, is that development, it's a merry-go-round. It doesn't matter where you get on merry-go-round. Maybe, maybe it is a meditation retreat for 10 days or, you know, the, I don't know. It's not called a meditation. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, it could be a meditation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Pretty much it and, is. And, and so it, it could be psychedelics. It could be, you know, through be activated, which is how I did, which was body work. You get on the merry-go-round. It doesn't matter where you get on the merry-go-round. Everyone's getting off, wants to get off in the same place. And it, it's a place of love. It's a, a place of understanding. And to me, when I got on the merry-go-round, one of my misinterpretations, because I wasn't, I had no, if you have no experience with something, you, obviously you're, you have low skill. And up until that point, and I started taking this journey was, I did not, I, I, I truly believe, and I say this jokingly, but it's actually true. I, I didn't, I had I never felt empathy for anyone in my life. Never. I didn't understand what, what people meant by, I mean, I, you know, I could look the, I could tell you the definition. Right. However, I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so when I did start to open up those other emotions, and, and so my, my, my joke that I use all the time is uh, up until that point, the only two emotions I, I thought a, a guy should have was anger and orgasm and, and sometimes together. And so, and, and that was, but, but that's, that's where I was in, in that survival mode. And so once I started feeling this, right, and then I started having that for these other people, and then I, I realized what a drain it was on me. Right, I realized what a drain it was on me, and that's when I came to this realization that there's there's more places to be because you can have sympathy, but not empathy, and a lot of people think that that's semantics. It's not semantics. Words matter. I, I was talking to one of your staff earlier, and as I was asking questions, and, and you'll see me do this when we do the education, is I say, "What does that mean to you?" Because I want 100% clarity of what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I always say, what does that mean to you? Because I need to be crystal clear on what you're talking about. Be because I can't, if I start talking and I misunderstand what you're talking about, mm -hmm. now you may misinterpret that differently. I may give you an answer that, that has no relevance to what you wanted to know. Spot on. And so to me, my understanding of empathy and sympathy is, it, I give this to my staff all the time is that you can have sympathy for someone. That is, if you were stuck in a 10 foot hole, sympathy is standing at the top of the hole and going, hey man, I know it sucks to be in there, but I can help you out because I'm standing at the top. Empathy is crawling down in the hole with you and going, man, this sucks to be stuck in here. The piece about empathy is it's real hard to get someone out of the hole if you're down there with them. And so when I look and people are in this place, I really have worked hard and I'm not perfect at anything. I really work hard to not use the terms right or wrong. To me, it's just about different. And so when someone is in that negative place and, and they're, they're, being in that, and I know, right, depending on the relationship, the time, yeah. then, then it's going to depend on how much energy I want to spend right. on that. I've really become in a place, so it's not about intolerance. I know if someone's in that place, we'll have a discussion about where they're at. Mm -hmm. We'll have a discussion about where they would like to be. Because if I sit down and I have a discussion with them and they have no understanding that it's an issue, they have no awareness. You have to have awareness. Oh yeah. So so if I I'm going to bring awareness to it first before I do anything because if they're not aware then then they may be able to change it in 30 seconds. Right. It's like when I watch someone squat. 
and I make them aware of an issue and I say it, if, if they have the capacity to do it, it's fixed. Mm -hmm. Same goes with, with, you know, how people are in their mindset. So if I make them aware and then we talk about it and then it stays for the next couple of days and does not change. What I know at that time is they do not have the capacity to change it. Very well said. And if they don't have the capacity, then I need to move on from that relationship. That's and when you make a decision. I make a decision right there. I make them aware. Now, if they're already aware and they've tell me they've been working on it, I know they don't have the capacity for it. And so at that point, in that first conversation, if they are 100% aware, and I get very clear, because I don't want you to tell me you're aware. I, I'm making you aware of this piece. And I'll, I'm very clear in that language. And I'm very clear on the behaviors, right? Take emotion out. We're going to talk specifically what behaviors. And if they are aware and they say they've been working really hard on it, mm -hmm. we talk about how we can part ways in, in a wonderful way. And, and I'll help them move on and, and go somewhere where, where they're at it makes sense and they fit into where wherever they're going is at. Okay, that's fair. And to me, because I care about that person, I want them to be successful. So I'll help them move on. However, I don't look at it as they have the wrong mindset. It's different. And, and having the mindset I have, having the mindset you have, it's not right. It's just our choice. Right. And so I, I'm very careful not to say you have the wrong mindset. You have a different mindset. And I can make the choice. You, you choose your mindset to a certain extent. However, and that's a whole other subject for people listening. People think that your actions and behaviors are dictated by your brain. They are not. They're dictated by a little bit of your brain, but mostly by your body or your physiology. Essentially, your body is this big. So for millions of years, we evolved and our nervous system evolved to keep us alive because everything was trying to kill us. And so that's, that's 5 million years of evolution. Well, our brain started to expand and get really big. And there was a huge shift in genetics about 13,000 years ago. So the way we are today is really a 13,000 year piece. So the thing that existed for 5 million years, it still controls us. Right. So the way that, that I've, I've read and I really like that makes sense is that you have this elephant body, right? It's this huge elephant and you have a monkey brain. And the monkeys chatter all the time and the monkeys can be smart and all this. However, they're riding on top of the monkey or on top yeah, of the elephant. Yeah. <clears throat> so no matter how hard a monkey pulls on the reins of an elephant, when the elephant gets out of control and wants to go where it wants to go, it's going to go where it wants to go. Right. And so this is the piece where the body work was so huge for me because it's a totally missed piece of the world today. And, and here's where, and, and I seem to be one of the only people who is super upset by this. And I'm going I'm to give this out to your listeners. And I don't think this is actually something we've talked about. I seem to be one of the only people in the world who's upset that the entire premise for our medical, psychological, the entire field is based on a misinterpretation of how human beings function. And I'm going to say it in one way that's very simple. Everything that is taught in our world today is it what I call a mechanical model. So I was taught, everyone's taught, you think with your brain and you move with your muscles. That is how doctors operate. It's how psychologists operate. It's what is taught in every physical therapy school. It is a misrepresentation of how we operate because a cadaver has a brain and has muscles. But a cadaver can't think or move because it does not have an active nervous system. And so that nervous system, what I, I call it, you know, depends who you are. I call it our ancient operating system. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm talking to other people, you know, friends, I call it our OG operating system. Mm -hmm. That is really, we don't understand, but that's behind the scenes running. And because I understand that at a, at a pretty deep level, or at least deep enough to understand yeah, it, I guess, course. when I'm talking to the people, you know, people in my life and having these conversations, I understand that their physiology is dictating their behavior more than what they say. So if they tell me and they're aware that they've been trying to change these behaviors and they can't, I understand they don't physiological have the capacity and I need you to move them on 
from my life to where they're not stealing emotional energy and draining me. Oof. And so you, you have to move them on quick because if now if you make them aware and they weren't aware, then we have to give them some time right, right. to see if they have capacity. And the, the piece about this is so important is when they, when you move them on and I, I, I'm happy to help you move on and find a place where you fit because it's not that you won't fit in and be great somewhere else. It's just where we are, where our mindset is, you are in a different place and that doesn't fit in. You're, you're a square peg and we're right. round holes. Right. The way I think about it though, and I think this is really important for your listeners is I'm not angry. The way they behave is not wrong. It's just different. And I can still love them. I can still respect them. I can appreciate where they're at. However, I can make the choice to not have that in my life. Powerful. That's very well said. And I think that's so, it's so telling and so important to say, you have to remember everyone listening. It's not that it's, it's right, wrong, good or bad. That's where they're at. And it's like, and that's where they're at today, right today, because where I was at eight years ago, when we met, I, I would have hated you. Mm-hmm. I love you today. I told you, you're yeah, one of my favorite yeah, human yeah. beings. Well, I mean, it means a lot likewise. But, you know, if you caught me when I was playing uh, sports for a living, I would have felt the same way. I would have looked at you just as competition. Exactly. You know, and I was so narrow-minded. And I think another part of this is once you make a, I guess, how... I guess you could say it's possible for someone to, they could live their whole life and never have the awareness or acknowledge or acknowledge their blind spots or their, the things that they're being, they're challenged with in a behavioral manner. And like the way it happened for you, the way it happened for me, maybe it will happen for them. I had a friend that many, maybe five years ago, four years ago, you know, when he first came to Miami, he, I was like his mentor. I talked to him every day. He lived in my house, came over to eat several times a week. Then something happened. He just stopped talking to me. Two years later, he sends me a text at 3.30 a.m. Long text. Right. I'm so sorry. Uh, I was in a bad place. And, you know, today we're really, really close friends. Really close. And I just think that person, there's a lot of factors, I guess, what I'm trying to say, that have to come into to play for them to want to acknowledge and make a conscious decision to bridge the gap and acknowledge past behavioral or experiences if you will yeah and i think what, what you're saying is is a, i mean it's spot on and and i think the piece for your listeners i really want them to understand is they're dealing with relationships is you cannot make someone want to change you can make them aware. I'll tell you, there's a million people that made me aware my behavior was not good. Right. And I just basically wrote them off, you know, anywhere I was. I'd say, oh, they're a pussy. Right, right, right. right? right. Like, I mean, and I just wrote them off because I, they were making me aware. So I was aware of what they were saying. However, because I wasn't in a place to listen or I didn't have the capacity to do anything about it, there wasn't even, there wasn't even discussion. I was just more angry at that person at that right. point. And so obviously that's in the extreme end. What I found is most people will, will typically, if you make them aware, will acknowledge where there's issues. The piece about that that I think is completely missed in our world by most people today is that it's not how they think they want to change. It's their body. Their, this is it. Everybody thinks psychology dominates, right? So, so the big issue for people to understand the history of this is Cartesian medicine is the model we live in. You know, so... Prior, Da Vinci studied literally how the human body worked. I mean, everybody's aware, right, of virtue and man, all this, right? The the piece about that is Da Vinci was the last scientist who really studied application of how we worked. Then Descartes came along and switched the game to theory. And why everyone loved the switch was because with application, you can show whether or not it works. But there's also the the human body is so complex. I used to think I understood 95% of how things worked in the human body and and how systems work and how they integrated. Now I'm a solid one and a half percent of what I think I understand about the human body and and behavior. And the piece about that is, is my one and a half percent in the way I see it is much greater than where my 95% was, Mm -hmm. right? There's, There's a wonderful saying that I love is it's, 
as your island of knowledge increases, your shore of unknowing also increases. Oh, yeah. And so I think the, the piece about this for your listeners is if they're dealing with these relationships and they can think to your own behaviors. Because I know, I mean, here's the easiest way I'd like to tell this to people, because when we're talking about large behaviors and mindsets and all these people, I, I feel that those concepts, although we can define them, do become a bit arbitrary. What is not is weight loss. Weight loss is a number on a scale. Body fat is a number on whatever you use right. to measure. Right, right. So I always relate it to, right, I go back to fitness, I mean, right. I go back to lifting, because it's what, it's what I know best. And so think about this. If it was just about awareness, it was just about mind having awareness, the psychology. If it wasn't about physiology, right? Just that's all the only, and this is how, I don't know why I'm the only one who's super upset that we operate on an incomplete model of how humans behave. I don't know, in 20 years, the way we operate now, I know will be laughed at, like when they laughed at, you know, now if, if my, my five-year-old knows germs cause infections. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, 150 years ago, they cut your leg off if you had an infection they didn't know what caused it, right? We laugh at that now. I think that's where we'll be in 20 years because for everyone out there, think about this. For the most part, everybody in the world, or we'll, we'll not even the world, we'll take it to anatomy. Everybody at anatomy, 100% are aware of what they should eat to look the way they want. Does everybody in here look super amazing? Well, maybe at anatomy, but... <laughs> But no, and, and that's the world, right? Everyone understands what they have to eat to be healthy. They're aware of, of how they have to, you know, they, they need movement. Right. Everybody's aware, but their body, their physiology doesn't have the capacity. Mm -hmm. And this is missed in the world. And so when you're dealing with these behavioral conversations and you're dealing with these emotional conversations, once you, once that, once you have awareness that it's not just about what they're aware of, but their, their body, their physiology has the capacity to do it, you start understanding that you need to break those you, you need to not break you need to stop putting your emotional investment into that person because here i go back to lifting yeah doing that for for the listeners out there if you do that it is like someone coming into anatomy who only has the capacity to squat 300 pounds and every day they come in you put 500 pounds on the bar and you're putting all your emotional energy and you're screaming at them, you're counseling them, you're mentoring them. But every time you put 500 pounds on the box, so think about it like this, the 300 pounds is negative mindset, behaviors that are detractive. 500 pounds is positive mindset, behaviors that are additive. Every day they're walking in and they only have the 300 pound capacity, but you're putting 500, your expectation is they're gonna squat 500 every day they walk. How ridiculous is that expectation? The height of it. But we do that with people's behaviors, mm -hmm. and then we keep keep trying to 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 force them to take the journey. When every every sign, every tell in the world is saying it's not going to happen. Well, think, and I did this right because I poured so much time and energy into somebody who who did, was not ready to take the journey. Now I look back at that and I go, man. What if I spent all those hours, all those years, all that emotion to actually build someone who, who, who wanted to take the journey? Oh my, what an amazing, what an amazing relationship. How successful, life, life. how successful would I see that person being? And then it's fulfilling for you. Because now my investment in my emotion and my time, it pays off because I see them being out there being successful. I see them being a strength coach at an NFL team, right? I see them being a strength coach at, at a major college university. Right. Sure. Now that investment of time and energy that I put into that person, that paid off. Oof. But but for everyone out there, I'm sure everyone listening or most right. people into either invest or want to invest their money at some point when they get a little more. Mm -hmm. Everybody listen, think, answer this question for yourself. And I'll answer, right? Like I think to myself like, JL, do you want to invest your money and time's more valuable than money? Mm -hmm. Do you want to invest your money when the investment is telling you, I am not, I'm going to lose all your money. Like they're telling you up front because you see their behaviors and, and their behaviors are telling you we're, we're going to lose all the money. Every flag. And, and yeah. you keep throwing, you keep throwing your time 
in, into that. And so where you end up is you, you invested all this time, those precious resources we have, and you're sitting there however long later, six months, two months, three months, five years later, mm-hmm. and your return on that investment is zero. So why spend time in that? Why spend time? Once you make someone aware, see if they have the capacity. If they don't, they're not ready. You don't have to hate them. Keep a great relationship with them because someday, and this is the thing, keep a great relationship. Right? I said, you can love them. You can respect them. You can appreciate them for where they're at today. And someday they'll be ready. And now you haven't spent, because here's what happens. You know this. If you spend six months wasting time on someone and it just doesn't work out and they move on, you've now soured that relationship so much there is no coming back when they're ready for you to do that because you've already wasted all that time so you're not going to do it again you have been ruined that relationship is now ruined forever and you can be cordial right but if you cut it off right away and just say hey we're in we're in different places i love you i want to help you move on to something that fits more where you're at now and then in three years they're ready now all that time you would have wasted now you can invest it and the investment will pay off Man, that was that was so well said. Uh, just you breaking that down. I, I think you know the sand, water, and rock was a very, very powerful example. I mean, I think that's going to be a takeaway that I remember for years to come, and I hope our listeners do too. Um, I really can't thank you enough for that. I know it, we had a, a brief chat here, but JL is going to uh, drop some knowledge bombs on our team here at Anatomy. So we have to run to that. But really, man, I can't thank you enough for being on. That was incredible. You want to plug the RPR now? Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, man, just, you know, thanks for having me on. Please. Uh, obviously, this is incredible. Uh, we can talk for 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And so, you know, uh, obviously, you know, talked a lot about Reflexive Performance Reset, the impact that's had in my life. So if, if people go to reflexiveperformance.com, they can learn more about it. We have online course. We teach you how to do everything yourself. And like I said, it's self-applied breath and body work. The, the breath work is just a specific way of breathing and the body work just, you know, entails basically what we're called wake up drills, as you know, yeah. but it's rubbing specific zones of the body in, in a certain sequence to, mm-hmm. to make that neurological shift in your body. And, and so reflexperformance.com. And then also, uh, you know, if, if people go to coach underscore JL on Instagram, uh, that's where you know I post a lot of different pieces and, and people can communicate with me if they have more questions about what we talked about. Okay. Listen, guys, uh, go check out JL on Instagram. Check out uh, Reflective Performance Reset. JL has a wealth of knowledge, and um, he, he's been there. He's trained his whole life, competed, and now he's passing it on, paying it forward, being a great teacher and a great human being. So check him out, JL Holdworth. Thank you again, my friend. Appreciate it, brother.